Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It is January 1st, 2023. I'm Blois Olson and this is Sunday Take on News Talk 830. I hope you've enjoyed your holiday season and that you're ready to start a new year. We are certainly ready to start a new year, and one of the big stories of the next year is going to be the leadership in the Minnesota House and the Minnesota Senate, and we're going to focus on those this week on Sunday Take, and we'll be right back. So (laughs) we spent so much of 2022 focused on the election, the results of the election, the dynamics of the election, that now as we enter 2023 this week, Tomorrow, Governor Tim Walls will be sworn in for his second term. We will hear from him what indeed his themes are. What we know is that in the last week, Governor Walls has appeared on MSNBC twice to talk about voting rights and democracy. I'm sensing that this is an emerging theme for the governor and may, just may, be one of the ways in which he seeks a more national platform. One of the things that Governor Walls was not able to do in his first time term was successfully kind of elevate himself like Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan or other governors. And one of the reasons was because the sense was Minnesota was very divided. And the divided legislature and the political Dynamics of the state made it so that Governor Walls, I think, stayed close to home. He really wanted to focus on Minnesota, and it worked. Last week, he announced a bunch of new commissioners. And um, what I said and what I wrote in Morning Take was that those new commissioners represented experts. They represented some um, fresh perspectives that were not from the legislature. Uh, In fact, legislators didn't get the jobs. Uh, The only one that did get a job was uh, former Representative Paul Marquardt, who will be the new revenue commissioner. But Marquardt is long thought to be one of the best tax and revenue minds in Minnesota. And so you will give Walls some experience. And if as Walls is navigating taxes and tax policy through the legislature, Marquardt may give him an edge up that he didn't have in his first term. The other uh, winners uh, of new jobs 
uh, were the commissioners. And those commissioners from Ida Rukavina, a younger uh, daughter of uh, the legendary Tom Rukavina on the Iron Range, will bring a new culture probably to the Iron Range uh, board, um, which legislators serve on. And the legislative makeup of that has changed with Republicans winning some key seats and Tom Bach retiring and the tragic death of Senator David Tomasoni. So you look at that key part of the state and the dynamics have changed as well. And then you look at the other um, commissioners that were named um, and you, you start to see uh, that walls is really turning to other places. So for instance, in, in education, you have uh, former St. Cloud Superintendent Willie Jett. He is uh, going to be a, a little different voice. Um, he's a superintendent, not, not a teacher. And he earned praise in St. Cloud from all sides, including former rep, er, rep, U.S. Representative Tom Emmer. Public safety is Bob Jacobson. He's a former police chief, but he's been pro-reform of policing. In health, you have Dr. Brooke Cunningham. She's an actual medical doctor uh, and will focus on some of the health inequity issues. And then labor and industry was Nicole Blissenbach, who had been serving in the role in an interim basis. So you've got some fresh voices in the Walls administration. That's one thing to watch. It'll be interesting to see what the governor says in his inaugural speech. Uh, you should subscribe to Morning Take uh, at www.fluence-newsletters.com. We should have a, a, a few nuggets of an early preview Monday morning, uh, if possible. And then the legislature. So Democrats control the House by six seats. They control the Senate by one seat. The Senate is ultimately going to be where things are kind of decided, because if they can get 34 votes then they can pass it. But not unless the Senate can get 34 votes, can they pass it? And this is a budget year. So they're going to need all the Democrats aligned. And what we're learning is that four specific new freshmen and probably a couple incumbents are going to be more moderate than the House. And so I think the House is going to be where some of the hardest work has to get done in balancing for Republicans, the most conservative voices, for Democrats, the most progressive voices. And the two women who are going to have to balance those two caucuses have joined us more recently. Speaker Melissa Hortman joined us right after the election, and Republican Minority Leader Lisa Damoth joined us just a week or two ago. So we're going to replay those interviews uh, now as our first. Sunday take of 2023, just to set the table as the legislature is in session this week, what's the tone and tenor going to be? And much of it's going to be set by the two women we have talked to the last few weeks. So I'm Blaise Olson. This is Sunday take up next speaker, Melissa Hortman on keeping the majority and what it means. Thanks for listening. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Part of Sunday Take This Week is with Speaker Melissa Hortman. As we look at the future legislature, DFLers holding the House. She's also the only leader that remains of the last couple years and uh, probably brings an interesting perspective of experience uh, to the legislative process and to governing. Speaker Hartman, thanks for joining me on Sunday Take. It's my pleasure to be here. Um, Let's just, we'll go back quick and look at Tuesday night. When did you start to feel really good about the, you know, the, the mood and the momentum of of winning and keeping the majority on Tuesday night? I would say probably when Representative Doubt called me to concede. We were getting really close to figuring out, this is probably like 1130 midnight, uh, getting close to figuring out that we for sure had 68 and that we would have more than 68, which is the majority level. And about the time we were kind of sorting that out from the partial returns, uh, Representative Doubt called me and we had a, a gracious conversation. Let's just, those, you know, we're in an era where not everybody concedes and they certainly don't do it graciously. And you two have obviously had your uh, political differences, but just talk about that relationship over the years and, and how, you know, that call happens and not the details of the call, but what it means and what the tone of it is when you know somebody as well as you know, uh, Representative Doubt. Yeah, well, we've both been leaders for quite a while. Um, We've both been minority leaders and we've both been speakers and we have both managed diverse and interesting caucuses. So we have some uh, rapport that we've built up over the years of trying to get things done. And so, um, you know, being a leader is kind of a unique experience. So there's a little bit of a bond uh, from that and uh, we've come to understand each other, even though we have, of course, vast political differences and stylistic differences. Now, 
obviously uh, the DFL trifecta uh, means that it's a different dynamic when passing legislation, when looking at the agendas of the caucuses. Um, some of that has been talked about already with what can get done. Where do you see kind of the priorities? Uh, because you also have a lot of new members who are just going to be learning the process and, and a fair amount of members from 2020 who may not have had the full experience of an in-person, all-out kind of engaged session. That's right. Well, in 2019, when we first started uh, being the majority in the Minnesota House of Representatives, DFLers put forward uh, top 10 to top 15 bills that we wanted to work on. And um, most of them we were not able to get done. So things haven't changed for us and voters have continued to reward us with the majority. We feel that our values are in alignment with the values of Minnesotans. So our highest priority is investment in public education. And our second highest priority is making sure that health care is affordable and accessible for everyone. And then our third highest priority is making sure we have an economy that works for everyone. So when you break that down into more specifics, an economy that works for everyone includes paid family and medical leave. So that is one of the top policies that I'm looking forward to putting on the governor's desk. That is one um, thing that I think voters post-pandemic, during the pandemic, have started to relate to because there are a lot of companies that have some sort of paid leave policy, but there's also plenty of workers who don't. As you look at it, is there is there um, is there one blanket solution, or how do you approach an issue like that when business is so diverse, workers are so diverse, and careers are so diverse, especially you know and we're still trying to figure out where and how people work after this pandemic. Right. I think we look at states where it's been enacted, where it's functioning well. My understanding is in the state of Washington that they enacted uh, paid family medical leave. It took a couple of years to get the program up and running. They fund it through a payroll tax. And before anybody could take paid time off, the account had to build up a certain amount of money. But now that people are using it, they find it easy to use and it kind of uh, levels the playing field between people who are at the top end of the income spectrum in those jobs where it's standard and people who are at the bottom end of the income st- uh, specter where it's harder to battle it out for those kind of um, employee benefits. And it's working very smoothly. And my uh, friends in Washington state in the legislature there say the electorate kind of wonder, why didn't we do this sooner? And I think you tapped into something there with COVID made us all very aware that we can get each other sick, right? I think we've all had that experience over our lifetime of working, of coming into the workplace and somebody comes in coughing and sneezing and sniffling. Boy, it's a whole different perspective after a pandemic. Yeah, no, and I think there's also just a different attitude about work, which is also gonna work itself out over these next few years for businesses uh, and employees and the economy. So as you look back and think about the election and some of your new members, um, you've you've gained a lot of credit, maybe not always loudly, but uh, people who watch the way in which the DFL caucus has managed itself over the last few years do give you a lot of credit of, of maintaining a caucus that's unified and focused. Um, you have another wave of new members. Uh, wh- how does that go without kind of going into the nitty gritty, but 
What's the philosophy of your leadership within the caucus to keep people unified? We are strongest as a team. I think in a lot of ways, it's like being a coach of a sports team, or I liken it to being the conductor of an orchestra, right? You have to have people who are strong in a variety of different positions, and you, but you need all the players to be at their peak to really excel together. So every once in a while, somebody has to do a, a solo, uh, whether that's, you know, a wide receiver catching a pass downfield or, you know, a, a violin solo. You, you function, though, within the framework of a team. You can only be good together. You need everybody um, living up to their talents and having an opportunity to show what they are talented at and to do things that make them feel good about their contribution to the, the larger whole. Uh, I'm speaking with Speaker Melissa Hartman. She's been reelected as Speaker of the Minnesota House since Democrats have a majority again after Tuesday's election. Speaker Hartman, uh, on Friday, uh, Republicans uh, elected Lisa DeMuth as their new minority leader. What do you know about Representative DeMuth? Um, and it is a change from uh, Leader Dowd, as we talked about before. Yeah, and I think it's Damoth like Namath. Uh, Got it. We have. We have a pronunciation guide at the rostrum. We're going to have to work on this. We're all going to get better at it. Um, but uh, she is, uh, uh, is, my experience is a wonderful person. We've had cordial relationships. She is not a person who has uh, so far shown herself to be super partisan. And I think um, my hope is that we'll be able to work in a more collegial manner uh, from the get-go uh, than Representative Doubt and I. We certainly got there, Representative Doubt and I, but, you know, it took five years. Uh, noted. Sometimes it does take some time. Speaking of time, the last four years have been uh, really a, a, an adventure, a challenge, a roller coaster, whatever you want to call it. With the pandemic in the past, with civil unrest in the past, how do you look forward to working with the governor and, and maybe having a, a, a little more normalcy? You're a veteran of the House. You've been there quite a while. So you understand what good times and bad times look like. Uh, how do you get people back to normal relations, less partisanship than maybe we've seen these last couple of years? Well, and I think that we all um, look a little bit with rose-colored glasses at the past. Uh, my first session was 2005, 2006, when Tim Pawlenty was governor, and we had a Democratic legislature, and we had a state government shutdown. And also, I remember in 2011, when we had a Republican legislature and a Democratic governor, Mark Dane, we had a state government shutdown. So partisanship and gridlock has always been a staple of the Minnesota legislature over the last 20 years. It's not new. But I, when I talked to the governor this morning, we had a great meeting with Senator Dietzik, and I said to the governor, you know, you deserve a term without COVID because you acted in a manner to keep Minnesotans safe through that pandemic. You know, none of us ran for office wanting to manage a pandemic in 2020 and 2021, but now we get to do all the things that motivated us to run in the first place, which is really invest in our public education and in the people of Minnesota and moving the state forward, not just preventing harm from a pandemic, but really improving the quality of life for people and, and starting to look at what kind of a legacy can we leave 20 years from now, what will still be better in the state because we serve today. 
as we wrap here, you you bring up public education again. Um, you know, one of the terms on the campaign was to fully fund public education. Is there a breakdown of what that looks like? Or is there, I mean, because I do think that even though Minnesotans have a legacy of supporting public education, there is this idea of what, what does that really mean? And we talk about counselors and we talk about special ed, but is there a, is there a proposal that you guys have proposed before or an outline of a proposal that you think comes to the table right away? Well, there, there has been a lot of work done on what does it mean to fully fund public education uh, over the past decade. One thing that we know is that we have slipped. Uh, when I went off to college in 1988 and I headed to Massachusetts, Minnesota and Massachusetts regularly vied for the top spot in the country as the number one best educated state on metrics of ACT scores, SAT scores, income per capita, educational achievement. And we have slipped and we have slipped at the same time that our uh, investment in public education has basically been frozen. When you look at inflation adjusted dollars, we have fallen behind even some of the most conservative Republican states in the country in terms of investment in public education. So uh, we started to slide under uh, Tim Pawlenty and we built back up under Mark Dayton, but they were tough economic times and we had more work to do. So I'm looking forward to um, really unpacking what does that mean to fully uh, invest in our public schools. And then finally, um, obviously, there's a surplus. We'll get a forecast in the first week of December. Um, Does that surplus get us through the next budget cycle? Well, I think one of the things that uh, Mark Dayton left as a legacy is making sure we have a healthy budget reserve. So we had we were on a roller coaster of boom and bust times. Uh, we would careen from surplus to deficit. So I think I will be interested to see what the long term economic forecast is. I think we all are still concerned as the economic cycles come and go that there's a, a down cycle. We've had a long up cycle, and so we have to be prepared to maybe sock some money away for the future. Uh, in case a feared recession does materialize. Speaker Hartman, thanks for joining me on Sunday Take. Get some rest. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, Blois. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. My final guest today on Sunday Take is Representative Lisa Damoth. She is the new Republican leader in the House, and it's her first time on Sunday Take. So welcome to Sunday Take, Leader. Thank you, Blois. Very good to be here with you. 
just so people know you're you haven't been a high profile member of the legislature before but you obviously your profile will increase now tell people a little bit about yourself who you are where you're from and why you decided to run for the legislature a few years back yeah um my name is lisa damoth and i am from cold spring i have the honor of serving district 13a and i am going into my third term in the minnesota house um i have my husband four children um, their spouses and six grandchildren. I'm a small business owner. And I first got into um, not necessarily politics, but as an elected official, when I was elected through a writing campaign for the Recori School Board back in 2007. And that's something I didn't ever anticipate doing, but there was an open seat and I thought it needed to be filled. And so I ran and I served for 11 years on the school board. What that taught me was the importance of community involvement, how our decisions at a school board level could affect our businesses, our families, definitely student outcome and student achievement, and uh, the families, the staff that we were working with. I had an opportunity to learn how best to listen to people, how to make the best decisions with the information at the time that would affect in a positive way the the most people. Uh, That's first how I got into as an elected official. 2018 came around and my then representative Jeff Howe, now Senator Jeff Howe, who I didn't know, but they were looking um, for someone as he was gonna be running for an open Senate seat. He contacted me and said, hey, have you ever thought of running for the House of Representatives? I said, no, (laughs) it's actually never crossed my mind. Through conversations, learning a little bit more about it, knowing my school board term was going to be ending, I decided to put my name in, and that was the um, election cycle of 18. I was elected um, and started serving in 19. And one, you say you have a small business. What kind of business uh, do you Um, have? Yeah, we own a commercial property, and I do the property management for that. We have three tenants in that area, and then... Um, even though I am not directly involved in the business that my husband is a co-owner of, when you're a family-owned business, everyone is involved. So I'm not directly involved with, with that manufacturing company, but yet um, throughout our entire marriage, I've been um, very aware of what goes on there and uh, just not involved in the day-to-day, but really proud of that company. Makes sense. I, as a small business owner, I my even my kids understand and are a part of the business, whether they want to be or not. So I certainly understand. Yes. Yes. And, you know, all four of our children had an opportunity at different points um, to work for the company. And one of the things that we really stressed with them was if they were going to have the opportunity to work, even though they were one of the owner's children, they had to work harder in the, in the position that they had than anyone else. Cause we didn't want anyone to think that they were just, given that opportunity because they needed to do the work. And that was really important. Um, They're looking at a next-gen takeover, and our son is directly involved in that and has been working for the company full-time for a number of years. Got it. Um, Last question about the past, and then we'll start to look at the future. My guest is Lisa Damoth. She's the Republican leader in the House uh, going into the new new session, next session. Um, Running a writing campaign for school board, was there one or two issues that motivated you? Because writing campaigns are are not often successful. uh, And they are also, you know, usually inspired by uh, something that really you want to make sure gets out there. 
you know, when I look back at that time, what motivated me to run as a write-in for my school board was the fact that there were three seats up for election, one incumbent had filed, and the other two no one had filed for. And when I realized that, I just thought, this is so important. This matters to our kids. It matters to our community. Why didn't somebody step up? And so I actually tore the article out of the paper and left it for my husband. I said, hey, you need to do this. And he just, he, he said, there's no way. I would never do that. You do it. And so I right away said, well, I can't do it. And his question was, well, why not? And that's what motivated me. So it wasn't, it wasn't just an issue that I was going, that I was either against something or, you know, I had um, something that needed to be changed. I just saw an open area to serve in something that was very, very important to our community. So I dug in, learned what I needed to learn, um, worked hard during those 11 years. We successfully, after a number of failed attempts prior to my being on the board, we successfully passed a needed bonding referendum at the time. Uh, yep. to uh, $29 million um, where we, we um, added on a middle school area. We re revamped older buildings, um, kind of a new uh, kitchen, dining, commons facility, um, and a number of things. And so that was something that was um, very much needed. It wasn't more than what was needed, but it served the need with the area that we could expand should the, the future years need it. So um, I just, I saw an opportunity to serve. I wasn't coming in with an agenda or a chip other than wanting to just serve my community. And that's what I've also done in the legislature. I wanna serve my community. Obviously I've won three terms, but like I've said back with my constituents, whether you voted for me or not, I'm 100% your representative and I am there to serve you. We may not always agree, but I'm there to listen and to and to serve you. As we look ahead, um, and you assume the leader role of a caucus that expected to be in the majority uh, is in the minority by six seats, but really, um, in general, there's kind of a you know which often happens after elections that are disappointing kind of a hand-wringing of where do we go um, as a party, as a caucus, those kinds of things. When you've talked to your members, uh, the new ones uh, and the returning ones, are there things that as a caucus you feel like you need to focus on differently or you talked about being a listener, uh, things you've heard from members that you really want to make sure get highlighted going forward? You know, we are in a different position than we thought we would be. And thinking we were going to be in the majority, and we're not, what that did is on election night, I just thought, you know, something, what can we change? What can we do differently? But yet those areas, Blois, that we had campaigned on, um, tax relief and public safety, education for our kids, those were a lot of times brought up by both sides on the campaign trail. Um, issues that needed to be fixed and we need to work on for Minnesotans. And so that's what we are taking in with us as the next session begins in January is those things that still matter to Minnesotans. One of the things that's very important to me is that all 64 of us in our caucus, we each have an area that we represent and we have a voice to bring. And so I want to work with all of that, finding ways that we can bring some of those important things uh, forward, finding ways that we can work with the, with the Democrat majority. Um, on areas that we may be able to find agreement, but then the areas that we are not going to find agreement, 
we'll also talk about those too, but I just look at it as an opportunity to kind of not sit back and just wait, but dig in and find out how we can best serve Minnesota. What is your relationship been with Speaker Melissa Hortman? Um, have you guys talked much since you became the leader? And um, I, and I think this is the first time that two women have been leaders in the House together. Now, I don't oftentimes just shine a light on that to shine a light on it. But, you know, at 50 years old, I've learned that sometimes women have a little different approach and a little different tone to solving problems. Um, I have respect for uh, Speaker Hortman. My first couple of conversations um, went back a couple of years ago when I was asked to be on the Select Committee for Racial Justice. And I had some questions and a conversation with her at that time. And I, I felt like we heard each other. And then now moving forward, I've had the opportunity to uh, sit down and have face-to-face meeting with her. We've had a couple of good phone conversations also. Um, and we want to find ways that we can work together. I mean, you know politics. We are going to be um, agreeable where maybe not everybody gets to know that, you know, because people don't tune in yep. um, in that respect. And then, you know, areas that we disagree, we're going to definitely disagree. But I think that can be done in a respectful way. And we can find common ground to work together. You know, as far as your comments about, you know, having two two women leading, if it's never been done, then nobody has anything to compare it with. But I would say, you know, <laughs> tune in and watch because it is going to have potentially a different feel. But yet we have 134 members that are going to bring uniqueness to that chamber. You recently met with Governor Walls. Had you interacted with him before and any insights of, as you've watched him govern, govern the last four years that you brought to that meeting? You know, I have met him just on occasion in the past. This was my first opportunity to sit down and to have a conversation. And I believe that conversation went well. Um, there, again, are going to be those things that we're going to possibly have some, some agreement on. There's definitely going to be areas that we see differently, but we both made a commitment when possible, to work together. And again, in that that measured, moderate, and respectful way, I think we can do that. I have not agreed with all of his decisions over the last four years. Um, that also can inform some, some measures going forward. But here we are. We're going into two, uh, 2023. It's a new year, and we have to serve Minnesotans well. As we start to wrap up here, um, my guest is Lisa Damoth. She's a state representative. She's the Republican leader in the House. Uh, obviously, um, there's a $17.6 billion budget surplus. And so many um, so many people sit back and try to think about what could we do with that money? Uh, what, what can we spend it on? Where can tax break, breaks come? What's the, A, what are you hearing from your your members of your caucus, uh, and then B, when do you guys kind of do the work to decide and outline your own vision or plan that maybe, you know, contrasts or counters the governor or the DFL plan? Uh, those things that we campaigned on, uh, meaningful tax cuts. The first one that comes top of mind is um, ending the tax on social, social security. And that's a full repeal of that in our mind. Those people that are being taxed on their social security have already paid that tax once. They should not be paying it again. 
That's an area that we would like to focus on. Again, investments into public safety are going to be important. As a caucus, we have already had some discussions on what our priorities are, where we want to focus. Those are ongoing discussions, but we are also waiting to see what uh, what policies and bills are going to be coming through from the DFL to know where they are on those different issues. Um, you talked about schools being on a school board. Education, I thought and said and continue to say was, I thought, going to be a top three issue in the campaign. But the Supreme Court decision on Roe versus Wade kind of changed the dynamics of the last election. As a school board member from a district who understands funding and challenges and the lack of uh, full funding, where do you see the opportunity either to to work with the DFL or to highlight things that, you know, maybe education needs from a from a greater Minnesota perspective? I have six school districts that I represent within District 13A, and there are challenges all the way across the state in every district unique to those areas. But I have um, definitely one of my districts that is one of the lower, um, on the lower tier of funding just because of the makeup of their district. So, Blois, when we look at maybe just putting more money onto the formula, what that does for the this particular district, it just widens the gap between our metro schools and the funding they receive and this smaller district. So I think we need to creatively look at how we're funding schools. You know, you hear that term, fully fund education. Nobody's willing to really define that or put a dollar amount on that. So I think that's just nice to hear. But what I do know is when our kids are their achievement, reading, math, those test scores are going down. We can't just try to cover over that. We actually need to meet the needs of those students in a way that's going to bring their test scores, their achievement up. And especially then with our kids, our minority kids, where you look at that achievement gap, we can't just continue doing things the way we've done it. So throwing more money on a system that is maybe not working in the best way right now isn't the answer. But yet from a school, a former school board member perspective, I do understand the pressure that is put on those districts too. A leader, uh, Representative Lisa Damoth, the Republican leader in the House. Thanks for joining me on Sunday Take. Thank you very much, Blaise. Great to have a conversation with you. I know we'll talk a lot down the line. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.